love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. I know what I want out of a partner, and the biggest regret is that I had all that with her and didn't know it 35, 36 years ago. And having that opportunity to get that now is uh, it's pretty special. It's, you, know, you don't always get a second chance at love. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. This week's love story belongs to Chantel and Kevin. They met on a dance floor back in the 80s when he was just starting a career jumping out of planes. They did some long distance dating, but eventually drifted apart until more than three decades later when they picked up where they left off. Hi, Chantel and Kevin. Hi. Great to hear your voices. Even though it's a long distance call, it sounds like you specialize in long distance. Yeah, yeah, we it's a long distance for sure. Tell me about, let's go back to the roots of your relationship and tell me how you met in the first place. <laughs> go ahead, Chantal, tell them. <laughs> uh, we were both out in hall. Uh, so, you know, the 80s, the dance clubs and... I can't remember if I was with friends or not. Um, And Kevin had come down from Kingston because he was there on course. And um, yeah, we, uh, as he was leaving, I asked him to dance. And uh, the rest is how we got started. Do you remember what song was playing? No. (laughs) (laughs) Tainted Love. I could, I, w- I went to high school in Ottawa, so I might have been there, actually, in that bar in Hull. <laughs> I, I remember some of the songs, not all. Yeah. Kevin, what's your recollection from that night? Well, I remember being out with the boys, of course, like I was just new in the military, so we're out on the town, and we'd pretty much given up any kind of party action. We were, we decided we'll we'll take one last stab at it. We'll head across the bridge to go to Hall because the bars were open a little later. And uh, I remember standing, I think it was upstairs in this uh, club. There was two floors. Yeah. So we were on the upstairs floor and, you know, hanging with the boys, just having a beer and deciding, well, okay, this is a dud too. Nothing's going to happen. So started to walk out and then I saw this, cute little thing walking over to me asking me to dance and I couldn't believe my luck. So off we went and danced and it was, of course, it was a fast song uh, to start with and I figured, oh, well, that was good. And uh, the fast song ended, uh, you know, a couple minutes in because we started dancing through the middle of the song and uh, I thought that that was it for me, you know. So I (laughs) went to walk off the dance floor. Well, she grabbed my hand and pulled me closer and wanted me to stay. And it was a slow song. So I'm thinking, well, <laughs> I guess my luck is. <laughs> Giddy up. Yes. Giddy up. You betcha. Yeah. She's always been the primary aggressor in the relationship. She knows what she well, wants you- and she goes after it. 
<laughs> well, then you are lucky. Yeah. Okay, who wants to tell me what happened next? He can. <laughs> well, after, Kevin? Uh, after a couple of dances, it was at the end of the night, so it was already past last call. So we couldn't really hang out in the bar anymore. So we decided that uh, she invited me to come back to her place for a, a drink and meet her friends that were already at her place. So I did. And we sat in the living room at her apartment and talked until the sun came up. Yeah. Really just had a conversation about anything and everything and got to know each other and couldn't believe when the sun started peeking through the living room window that it was morning already. And we'd spent the night talking about stuff like we were old, old friends. It was pretty special. So it was just one of those moments when it was immediately easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's always, it's always been easy to talk with Chantel. Chantel, what's your recollection of that night? Oh, it's pretty spot on, and uh, yeah, we did uh, we did talk into the night, and and uh, um, then um, of course he kind of stayed for breakfast after that. So, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then he left. Um, I don't know. I guess it was about the middle of the day, and we. Um, uh, I don't think I heard from you again that weekend. I wasn't sure. I, I, I don't recall. Yeah. But then we just started um, calling each other and then he uh, would come down from Kingston or I'd take uh, the bus to go to Kingston to visit him. And at that point he was starting out with the, um, I guess you were, you had applied Kevin for the Skyhawks. Not yet. Not, Not yet. Yeah. No, the first but, year but, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. But then he he was um, taking his own parachute course and and all that. So I would go meet him at uh, in Kingston. We'd go to the drop zone together. And that's how I jumped a few times. I took my course and then I parachuted as well. So did you jump together? Yeah. Not yet. No. We had not jumped together because at the time... When we met, we were both still students. I was quite a few jumps ahead, but I was still very much a student, so I couldn't jump with other people. Yeah. Yeah, so that's something that we still have yet to do is jump together. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we'll So Chantal, that. I'm curious, that first time you jumped out of the plane, did you have any second thoughts about, about the jump or the relationship? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because he didn't force me. Um, Kevin <laughs> would never force me to do anything. I'm pretty headstrong and um, I know what I like to do. So I've, I've always wanted to try it. So I said, yeah, why not? So I did my free fall course. And uh, you ha when you jump, you have a radio and they guide you for your landing and all that. So I did my course and then I did two subsequent jumps after that. But then after our, when we were in our relationship, like I would basically go see him um, at Skyhawk shows. So I didn't have the opportunity because in Ottawa, the, there wasn't a close uh, drop zone to do continue my jumping. So, yeah. Okay. So Kevin, tell us about your involvement with the Skyhawks. Oh boy, do you have a week? 
<laughs> we have an editor. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I got picked up for the Skyhawks. Um, I actually got sort of recognized for my um, jumping skills in about 85, 86. So I got recommended to go to the team. Uh, my first year on the team was in 1987. And... That was probably the last time that I saw Chantelle at any time because, like mm -hmm. she said, I think she came to a show or two. Um, but I was quite busy with the team, traveling all around the world, doing mm -hmm. air shows and doing training and such. And uh, it took and a for those who money. don't know about the Skyhawks, uh, just give us a brief description of, of what the, that team was doing. Well, the Skyhawks are one of two public relation teams that the Canadian Armed Forces puts out. Uh, one is the well-known Snowbirds who do the mm -hmm. jet flying. And uh, the Skyhawks, we fly the Canadian flag parachutes. And basically, we travel around the country and around the globe um, being ambassadors for the Canadian Forces and for, for Canada. Uh, so we just jump out of airplanes. We do um, various stunts in our shows where we're flying canopies together in formations. We have free fall tricks we do and precision landing in front of the crowd and stuff like that. And get to sign autographs and be a big hero for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so. so you must have been having fun. Oh yeah, it's fun. It's, it's a very challenging job, but a very fulfilling as well. Um, certainly stacks the ego fairly well for the guys that like that. And um, you get to get a lot of skydiving in for free. You know, Canadian Forces is paying for it. But you get a lot of good training out of it. It's it's a very top-notch training. It sounds like a dream job, but I guess in some ways it was a nightmare for having a relationship. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword for sure. Yeah. So what happened next? Well, after that, uh, the first year on the, on the Skyhawks, when I when I finished in uh, the fall, uh, I went back to a station where I'd come from in Masset, BC, and I was told as soon as I returned there, I was given a message that I was heading back to Alert for another six months. So I was gone so much; it was just you know trying to keep any kind of a um, permanent relationship going with anybody was just off the table for me, and so. That's basically how we kind of, you know, separated. We didn't break up per se. We just kind of went our own different ways because we had very different paths we were walking at the time. Yeah. So did you just drift apart? I, I guess you could use that word. Yeah. Not that we wanted to. I mean, I would have loved to stay in Ontario and stay with her, but uh, the Army had me going everywhere. I was in Masset, I was in Inuvik, I was in Alert, I was in Trenton, I was in Edmonton, I was all over the globe jumping. It was just, yeah, no time for a full-time relationship. So, Chantal, tell me about it from your perspective. <laughs> um, well, at the time, we, you know, you didn't have email in the phone calls. He was limited to personal phone calls every week, and then he was on the road, um, and yeah, basically, um, the last time I saw him, I had taken the bus to Casabazwa or um, somewhere around the north of Quebec. And uh, we had spent the weekend together and uh, met some of his colleagues. And um, 
then he was passing through Ottawa and he had left me a voicemail a message, but uh, on the home phone, but then I didn't see him. And then finally, about six weeks later, I hadn't heard from him. I was like, okay, what's going on? And uh, I had phoned his mom and I asked her, like, is he okay? You know, thinking maybe he had an accident or something. And uh, his mom said, no, he's gone back. And yeah, she told me he had another girlfriend. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of old. I don't have all the terminology, but Kevin, I think that's called ghosting. It is now. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm putting looking, you on the hot seat, Kevin. Looking back on my former self, I have to admit it was being a bit of a coward at the time. I was yeah. young, stupid, made bad decisions. It all added up to me not being able to be with her. That's the only way I can put it. I think we've all been there. I'm teasing you about being on the hot seat. It's yeah, all worked no, out pretty fine. well, I'd I say. I expected this part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did you now? Okay. Well, it won't get too much worse, I promise. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be totally corny and say that your flight plans took you in different directions <laughs> then. then. <laughs> um, sure. Well but, but where do we pick up the story again? I guess first I should say, did you think of each other over the years? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, as I mentioned, uh, my pre-interview was that uh, I tried to find Kevin off and on over the years. Um, and uh, he's more or less a private person. And I, I understand. And uh, so I would find articles about his, when he was on the Skyhawks, uh, other articles from um, when he was in Afghanistan, because he had a short um, interview with McLean's magazine. Uh, he can tell you about that. But um, yeah, and I would find bits and pieces on Google of his his legacy if you want and the last article was that he had been on the competition team and he was in trenton so but i could never find them but however i had contacted i had found because kevin has a, a very unique last name so i had found his brother on facebook and i had said you know i'd like to get some news, touch base with them. And his brother didn't want to give me his email, which I understood or phone number. So I gave him my phone number, uh, my email. And I said, could you please tell Kevin I'd like to get in touch? That never happened. You are a persistent woman. I'm so impressed. <laughs> this is like so over over the years, like you know, because I myself um, had been married, divorced, and um, had a few relationships. So it was always in between, you know. And I'm like, why can't I find this guy? Maybe he doesn't want to be found. <laughs> Echoes of Kevin <laughs> yeah. over the years. All right. And so how did you actually eventually connect? Um, through Facebook. Um, I, we were both not in relationships, but uh, I had just uh, been spending some time uh, alone. And I thought, oh, what the hell? One night, I just decided in October. Um, and I knew his birthday was in October, but I wasn't sure when it was. 
the night I mess, I found him on Facebook. So I messaged him and the night I messaged him was the day of his birthday. Oh, you're kidding. No. And I didn't realize that. And all my first message to him was like, hi, um, wondering where you landed. Ha ha. So to speak (laughs) and hope you are well. And, you know, um, would like to hear from you so he can tell you what happened next. <laughs> well, if I wasn't sitting down when I was on my phone, I, I would have fell down. And I, I was just, you know, scanning through stuff on Facebook and the phone pinged that I got a new message. And I looked down and I saw who the message was from and I thought, holy crap, are you kidding me? Like, no way. <laughs> So it had I, been how many years? Um, 35, 36. Yeah. <laughs> Long 35, time. 36 years, yeah. Because the last time we saw each other was probably in uh, 86 or maybe 87. So, yeah. That was 87. Yeah. So, Kevin, you remembered her right away, obviously. What well, did you remember about her? Everything. Everything. <laughs> I'd never forgotten her. And uh, just sitting there wondering, what do I say? Like, you know, so I, res- I responded and, and said, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. How are you? And, and uh, we started texting back and forth. And, and she would tell me, you know, we could video chat. And at, at the time, I thought, you know what? The years have changed me quite a bit. And I wasn't sure she was ready for that. So I wasn't ready to video chat. <laughs> <laughs> When when we knew each other, I was in my early twenties. I I couldn't hardly grow a hair on my face, let alone have a full beard, mustache. And here I am now with a full beard, mustache, gray, and everything else. So I thought, nah, don't want to shock her too bad just yet. She was okay. Easter in. <laughs> yeah. So we just spent days and weeks on the phone, catching up and getting to know each other again, and then. And then she decided to uh, spring a, a trip on me. She said, "Can you know? Would you like me to come out for a visit?" I'm like, "Well, of course." <laughs> so she came out in November. She spent a couple weeks, um, and it was the best two weeks I'd spent with anybody in years. And we totally connected on every level again. It was like we'd never been apart. It was it was almost surreal, and that's where we kind of started to describe it as a hallmark moment and uh yeah we've we've kept in constant you know contact ever since she came out again in late late december um just around new year's and stayed for six weeks again everything just went perfectly it's like we're on a extended honeymoon (laughs) and I've been totally elated with her ever since. It's uh, It's been a dream come true, something I never really dreamt could happen again, but I'm certainly happy it did. Tell me about that moment when you first saw one another again for the first time in 35 or 36 years. Well, it was at the Calgary airport, and uh, she came bouncing down the corridor like a... <laughs> A teenager ready to get an ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> she, 
he just walked right up to me and planted one on me and gave me a big hug and it was like we'd never been apart. Yeah. Chantel, I've got to hear your perspective. Oh, <laughs> well, first of all, I had uh, I had left my house at like four o'clock in the morning and uh, I'd traveled all day. So, of course, when I landed in Calgary, I'm like, OK, I'm here. And then I'm trying to like reorientate myself because I hadn't been in the Calgary airport over 35 years. Right. So I'm looking for where I pick up the luggage and he's like, yeah, okay. I'm near this entrance. And I saw him first. He was sitting down and I was like, Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's really him. And then I kind of peeked around the corner. I'm like, hi, <laughs> that's how it happened. Yeah. So great. Okay, well, that that does sound like a hallmark moment. Yeah. So you talk about life experiences and challenges you've been through. Chantel, how do you think how do you think the years have changed you? Um, I think um, as you get older, you know, we're both in our late 50s now and uh, agreed that you know, I went through some good and some bad relationships and I now know that what I don't want. And for sure, when I contacted him back in October, um, as I told him, the joke is I, I thought he was like happily married, you know, have a good life. Nice to have chatted with you and reminisce, but you know, I'm with this person right now and I don't want to, like, I, I didn't think he was single. <laughs> Kevin, how do you think you've changed since that uh, young guy she asked to dance in Hull years <laughs> yeah. ago? Well, I'm, uh, I'm better at facing my, uh, my fears with, with relationships with women. Um, I'm not as rough around the edges as I used to be, of course. Um, I think before I act now, <laughs> I like, I'm sure I didn't do very well back in my 20s. Um, and having had a few relationships, like, like Chantel said, I, I know what I want in a relationship. I know what I want out of a partner. And the biggest regret is that I had all that with her and didn't know it 35, 36 years ago. And having that Ooh, opportunity to get that now is—it's uh, pretty special. It's you know you don't always get a second chance at love, like actual true love. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's beautiful. And now I'm going to turn the tables and ask you to talk about each other. What is it you love about her, Kevin? Oh man, <laughs> you got a pen and paper there. The list is long. I do. <laughs> Well, first and foremost, I love the fact that she's always happy to see me, right? Not everybody's always happy to see me. <laughs> she is. She's no matter what has happened in the past or what we're, what we're going through now, she's always happy to see me. And, and I like the fact that, you know, I don't have to wonder, like, does she like me today or not? <laughs> um, <clears throat> you can tell by the sound of her voice. She's got a wonderful voice. I, her voice to me is is soothing um, whenever she talks to me, when she talks to me on the phone, when she talks to me at home, I just can't get enough of just listening to her. So, and that's, that's saying something because a lot of guys <clears throat> tend to kind of, you know, develop a deaf ear when it comes to their significant others. 
I oh, I hadn't what. noticed. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a pretty great answer. I think that you're, uh, I think you're redeeming yourself pretty well, Kevin. I'm trying. Trying to rack <laughs> up those points like she keeps telling me. <laughs> Sean, Chantel, what do you love about him? Um, even though we had kind of like this, you know, if you look back, this kind of crazy relationship and we were traveling and still trying to make it work. Now it's not work. It's, it's easy, right? It's, um, and, uh, he's had so many life experiences that, uh, fascinate me and I admire everything he's done he gets me too. Like he, he's starting to see all my little quirks and not that I'm embarrassed or anything, or it's just, you know, I'm not gonna hide to have a relationship and miss my second chance. I mean, I, I looked the joke, the running joke is that, you know, I stalked him, but no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are you going to be jumping any out of any more planes? That's my last question. Oh, yeah. Jumping season starts in a couple more weeks. Kevin's supposed to bring me for a tandem a tandem jump because he's also a tandem jump instructor. Well, we'd love to see a picture of the two of you doing a tandem jump out of an airplane. Oh, okay. <laughs> and landing safely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His landings are always good. <laughs> Well, I'm glad he landed back in your life and so great to talk to both of you. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit CharmDiamondCenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. This podcast is made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. <laughs>